ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode on The Truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing another positional breakdown. We have the shortstops here today. If you guys are new to the positional breakdowns, it's basically us going over the top 10 at each position to get you guys ready for the fantasy season as well as Major League Baseball as a whole, too. So it should be fun. should be exciting. We're going to have the top 10 shortstops today. Shortstop's always a very intriguing position when it comes to fantasy baseball. So hopefully you guys are able to learn a little bit here uh, from our rankings. Without further ado, go ahead and take a look at your number 10 player or uh, shortstop for this year. Who is it going to be? At number 10, I have Dansby Swanson. Last year was a breakout year for him offensively. But now he's since he's going to the Cubs, uh, the offensive – the offense he's joining and the ballpark is kind of, is going to be a downgrade. But last year he had 277, 99 runs, 96 RBIs with 18 home runs, and an OPS plus of 115. I think the home runs are going to decrease. Uh, same with the runs, but I believe he could put up similar RBI numbers, very closer to the 80-85 mark, and still get you around 15 plus stolen bags, which he had 18 last year. I'm going to go with a very intriguing one for multiple reasons. I'll explain why I put him here, but I'm going to go with Fernando Tatis at number 10. Now, obviously, he's suspended to start the season, and he had PED um, use and whatnot. Well, not necessarily PEDs. He had, I don't even remember what it was. It was something stupid. Still, he got suspended for violating the drug policy. You know, he is going to miss. I don't remember how many it is, but he's going to miss the start of the season. But the biggest thing with this is, you know, I think he's going to have a lot of, like, revenge. Not necessarily revenge, because he did it to but. Basically, I think he's going to perform really well this year when he's able to get back on the field. He's got to earn the respect back for his teammates, fan base, and all that stuff. And I think for where he's at, as far as, you know, looking at his maybe situation, a lot of people are going to pass up on him. But he's a guy, especially at the correct ADP, that you could really draft and have good value for. The only thing is, you got to obviously wait till he's back and ready. But he might not be a top a shortstop at the end of the season as far as fantasy is concerned. But, I mean, his numbers speak for himself. Granted, he did have that violation of drug policy, but he had 42 home runs, 97 RBIs, and about a 282, and he's still only 24 years old. So a lot of potential, a lot of future. If you're in keeper leagues, this is a guy that you might want to go ahead and draft too just because you can carry him over for the next season. So maybe he won't finish in the top 10 as far as shortstops, but I definitely want to touch base with him. I think he's going to have a very productive year, however many games he's able to play. Uh, who's your number nine? At number nine, I have O'Neal Cruz, uh, one of the top young shortstops. He's 24 years old for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, for the Pirates, is isn't the best team, but last year, he just destroyed every ball he hit. He only hit 233, but he did have 17 home runs, 45 runs, 54 RBIs with a 294 on base. And last year, he only played in 87 games. He's going to be the starting shortstop uh, opening day. If he's able to play 150-plus games, you can see the potential of 35-plus home runs. You could see 70 runs and RBIs. Last year, he had four triples in that 87 games. You could see – you could potentially hit eight triple, eight-plus triples next year and 25-plus doubles because he had 13 last year in 87 games. So, Neil Cruz, like I mentioned, a dynasty league, someone young, very talented, and you could see him move up the charts these next couple of years. I'm going to go with my Carlos Correa at number nine. Now, Carlos Correa's had a pretty good year, I guess some would say, you know, quote-unquote World Series champion. 
first season with Minnesota, he actually did really well. He started off the season pretty rough as far as his standards were concerned. He had a great second half. Batted 291, 22 home runs, and 64 RBIs. Going into the season, I'm a little opt- uh, skeptic- skeptical about Carlos Correa. I think one of the reasons why was just the fact that he started off the year last year for the Twins so slow. And a lot of middle infielders that can move around to different positions. I just don't think he's going to have that much of fantasy value, especially for his ADP is most likely going to be. I think he's a guy that obviously can be a top five shortstop, but he can also fall out of the top ten really quickly. So I think it's a safe bet at number nine, but I think he's just a little bit too high on people's rankings to uh, be putting him at, the, at that spot, especially with the, how slow he started off last season. Uh, number eight. At number eight, I have Wander Franco, the former number one prospect in the MLB. Last year, he only played eighty-seven or sorry, eighty-three games because of a hand injury. But within that time, he hit two seventy-seven with three twenty-eight on base, twenty-six walks to only thirty-three strikeouts, eight stolen bases, and wasn't caught. Had thirty-three RBIs, six home runs, three triples, twenty doubles, and forty-six runs. Like O'Neill Cruz, he's a young player. Uh, Dynasty League, he's going to be a great player. But he's going to be the starting shortstop when he is healthy. And you could see him get to 20 stolen bases potentially, around that 70 to 80 runs, 60 to 70 RBIs. And I think he can build into some more power with a switch hit as being a switch hitter. Last year he had six. I could see him at maybe touching close to 15. But he's just going to hit a lot of extra base hits. I could see him five-plus triples and 25, potentially 30 doubles uh, when he is healthy and playing full-time. I'm going to go with Tim Anderson at the number eight position. You know, last year only played about half the games. But going into this year when he plays a full 162, which I think he's going to be close to that, um, he's obviously a very good hitter. I mean, career-wise, he's batting 288. Last year, he batted 301. Only six home runs last year, sure, and 25 RBIs. But he's also got some liable threats on his stolen bases, you know, 13, 104 in his career. He's a guy that if you just want a consistent guy, as long as he stays healthy, he's a perfect option for you. He's not going to light it up and hit 40 home season or 100 RBIs, but he's going to bat over 300 every year, sometimes even up with 10, 320. And I feel like batting average is so huge, especially if you pride yourself around a team that's focused on power and whatnot. Having a guy that's going to bat over 300 is going to be huge. Tim Anderson does it in multiple, multiple facets type player. I think he's at the number eight spot, just a really consistent player, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to be capable of doing this year. Uh, number seven. At number seven, I have Xander Bogarts. Now joining a better offensive team, he's going to be a player that they're going to have to pitch to, potentially uh, with Juan Soto, Tatis, and Machado being that lineup. Last year at the Red Sox, he's kind of, more pitched around because he was really the only threat offensively, but he still hit 307 with a 377 on base, eight stolen bases, 53 runs. He had a down year in power with only 15 home runs. If they're going to be pitching to him more, he could get up to that 20 or 20 plus or potentially up to the 30, like how he did in 2019. But 2019, there was the juice ball, so you could argue with that. He also had 38 doubles. Uh, and 84 runs. I can see the runs at RBI just going up because of the better lineup and better ballpark to hit in. Uh, and SoCal, it's just nicer weather. Ball flies a little bit more, a little bit more heat in there. But Boger is going to strike out a decent amount. 118 strikeouts to 57 walks, which is a problem if you're in a points league. But in categories leagues, it shouldn't be much of a problem. 
I'm going to go with the guy that you touched base on here at the number seven position in Wander Franco. Mainly for Wander Franco, as far as the way he started off his career, very solid. He hasn't even played half of a full or half a season yet. Um, he's been close and basically has played half a season. But, I mean, this guy is really, really good. And he's really young, too. He's 22 years old. Especially if uh, a guy hasn't kept him as far as the Dynasty League, this is the guy you're going to want to keep around for a long period of time. Fast for great average, got good power, good RBI leader. I think down the line, this is going to be his breakout season. Like I said, I think he's going to play a lot of games this season, which if his uh, his home run totals, his RBI totals, and his batting average totals equivalent to the amount of games that he plays, this is a guy that's going to hit maybe over 15, 20 home runs, get over 60, 70 RBIs, and back close to 300. And this is going to be a reliable threat uh, year in and year out for the future. Number six. At number six, I have Corey Seager. Last year, you could consider a down year in the batting average. Actually, it was a down year. He hit 245 with a 317 on base. He normally hits right around, last two years, right around 306 and then 307 with a right around 375 on base percentage. But last year was an uptick in power. He had 33 home runs. Granted, last year he only played in 95 games well, with the Dodgers. But now in the new ballpark and potentially with a better Marcus Simeon, uh, if you were if you would turn into our second base preview, I kind of touched on him. But in those thir- with 33 home runs, he still had three stolen bases, 83 runs, one triple, 24 doubles, and 91 runs. He could potentially be a guy who could get 100 runs, 100 RBIs. And if he sticks around that 30 home run mark and with a uh, – with the 25 extra bases between doubles and triples, with a higher batting average, he could easily move into the top three. Like this spring, he is hitting two, or sorry, 522 with a 577 on base percentage with three home runs and eight RBIs. I think the shift ban has really helped him out, and we could see him move into the top three shortstops looking at his numbers. I'm going to go ahead and go with another guy that you've touched base on, and Dansby Swanson. Now, Dansby Swanson's last two seasons has played a full season, 162 games and 160. So you really maximize his potential as far as what he's going to be capable of doing in season. 25 home runs in 2022, 27 in 2021. Batted 277 last year, which was close to his career high compared to his rookie season. All in all, I mean, this guy is a very good shortstop. He's very athletic, very mobile. He's on a new team, which – can be risk, can be reward. He can really shine and even be better and reach maybe 30 home runs or 100 RBIs or 300 average, which I think if you're taking the risk reward, I think you're more on the reward this season with Dansby just because he does have a new home and he's, he's going to be able to have more success. But then again, your the RBI totals might be down a little bit, but all in all, Dansby Swanson is going to have a very, very great season, great defensive player, which doesn't really matter much for him. He's going to be a great addition for Chicago. And number five. At number five, I have Bobby Witt Jr. Last year, he put 150 games. Uh, he hit 254 with the 294 on base, 30 walks to 135 strikeouts, but 30 stolen bases, only caught seven times, 80 RBIs, 20 home runs, six triples, and 31 uh, doubles with 82 runs. There isn't really much to say. I mean, I guess you could argue that if he's able to walk a little bit more and limit the strikeouts. He's able to hit for a little bit better average, but everything else just adds up to fantasy points or in categories, you're stacking up everywhere between extra base hits, RBIs, runs, and stolen bases. Bobby Witt is a superstar in the making, and we just have to get ready for him.
I agree. I have Bobby Witt in my number five spot too. But we, we saw what he was able to do last season, 20 home runs, 80 RBIs, bad 254. I think more than anything, he's really shining on the Royals, and he's obviously their like, face of the franchise. And I had touch base with you about this too. I ended up deciding to go with him for my keeper because of his potential is so maxed out this season, I feel like in particular. And he's one of those guys too, just like Wander Franco, going to maximize his production um, on the offensive side. He's going to be able to steal some bags here, play some good defense, and all in all, he's a really great player. So a lot of people are expecting to have a really good breakout season in the second season. I do think that's definitely a high possibility. Basically, Shawi is going to be able to do game in a game. Basically, great shortstop there. Um, on top of that, like I said, he's very young too. And I'm uh, really excited, like I said, to, to see how he factors in. But then again, you never know too with some of those guys. There are always you know, some risk to going with guys like that. But I really do think that he's going to be poised to have a good season. I think he's third base. I would go use if you're strong at shortstop or third to get interchange those two positions. So that's something to take notice of too. Uh, four. At four, I have a player who people aren't really talking about, and I feel like they thought he had a down year, which I don't really think he did. Is but is Bo Bichette. Last year, he hit two ninety with a three thirty three on base. He did strike out one hundred and fifty five times, only forty one walks. His Stolen bases were down by uh, by about 12. He had 13, and he was caught eight times. His power was down. He was down five home runs. He had 24 compared to 29 he had in 2021. Same amount of triples, one triple, but his doubles actually went up with 43 compared to the 30 he had the year before. And I think what really kind of bothered people, but it wasn't really his fault, was his runs. His runs were down by 30 runs uh, compared to 2020, 2021, and 2021 runs. And 2022, he only had 91, which is still unbelievable because he almost had 100 runs, RBIs, and right around 25, 25 home runs and 40-plus doubles. I think Bo Bichette getting Vladdy another year, him getting another year, their lineup just getting better. I think he is just being overlooked right now. And you could probably get him pretty late in drafts compared to some of the other guys. I'm going to go ahead and go with Corey Seager at the number four position. Corey Seager last season had 33 bombs, 245 average and 83 RBIs in his first season with Texas. Going into the season, I'm expecting to have similar stats and similar numbers. He's a very versatile shortstop, kind of paired alongside a guy like Marcus Seaman, uh, maybe some of the other bats that they do have. From the, the Rangers team, he's going to be poised to have another breakout season. I feel like the Rangers are so they're like Mount San Jacinto. They're really offensive heavy, but I'm not saying they struggle pitching wise. They just are way better hitting the ball than they are pitching the ball, in my opinion. And I'm really curious to see too how Corey Seager is going to play. You know, a lot of people are not necessarily concerned with Corey Seager, but the way that he started his Texas, you know, was he going to have a good season or was he going to be one of those guys that had like a freshman slump in a way? And obviously he didn't. He had a great season. He's been a veteran player, and all in all, he's a great, great shortstop acquisition. Uh, number three. At number three, I have a player you talked about before, Fernando Tatis Jr. I kind of didn't realize he had an 80-game suspension. I thought it was a little bit less than that. But even the even then, if you look back to his rookie year in 2019, he played 84 games. So I'm going to kind of base numbers off of that compared to him going his rookie year for him going into – Technically, his fourth year playing, his fifth year in the league. But in 2019, he's he's still at 317 with a 379 on base. 16 stolen bases, 53 RBIs, 22 home runs, 6 triples, and 13 doubles, and 61 runs. In 84 games, his rookie year, 
now he's had a couple years in the league. I think, like you said, he's going to kind of have a comeback tour, kind of have to prove himself again. So I think a stronger, more knowledgeable Tatis knows a little more game about the game, been around a little bit longer, can improve on his rookie year numbers in the similar amount of games. And also, too, I know I have a very touch base about Lind- or not Lindor, uh, Tatis. But one of the things with Tatis, too, is if he's a guy that you can kind of hold off and put him in your lineup to sit 80 games or however long he's suspended, I think the reward for that is going to be obviously very high because, like I mentioned, his, as far as his game-to-stat ratio, sure, his numbers aren't going to be 40 home runs, but it could be similar if you were to play a full 162. I'm going to go ahead and go with Lindor here. Now, I really like Francisco Lindor. Lindor is obviously a very versatile, very athletic shortstop. Last season with New York, he had a really good year. He played 161 of 162, 26 home runs, 270 average, and 107 RBIs. Sure, he's not the 2017 to 2019. Lindor, when he was with the Guardians, had 30-plus home runs, including 2018 when he had 38. But he's still a really versatile shortstop. At uh, 29 years old, he's still relatively young for the amount of leadership and and just being a veteran of the game. So I think all in all, it's a very good option to go with Lindor. He's a switch hitting bat. He does well in great pitching. And he's got a very good team to kind of score RBIs and bat for average and knock in those runs that you definitely need, especially for RBI totals if you're in a rotisserie. But all in all, he's a good overall, very solid player, and I'm very excited to see him play this year. I think he can maybe get back to maybe that 30 home run total, depending on how the start of the season goes for him. Number two. At number two, I have Lindor. You just kind of mentioned everything about him. Uh, there isn't really much to add. If he can get back to 2018, like 2017 Lindor, I think the Mets could easily just roll through every team in the league. I think if he's able to sell for a little bit more power and keep that same average, I think the shift will help him, especially being a switch hitter. Uh, there's not really going to be much the team's going to be able to do, and especially leading, being towards the top of the lineup, having some of the bats behind him, like Pete Alonso, is going to be scary if they are able to play. And my number two, it's a guy that you touched base on too, but it's going to be Bo Bichette. A lot of people, I feel like, are disrespecting Bo Bichette, and you mentioned about his down year potentially, but I mean, the guy still batted 290, had 24 home runs and 93 RBIs. I don't know about you, but if I get that out of a shortstop, let alone a player in general, I'm very happy. The year before, he had 29 home runs, 298 average, and 102 RBIs. And then, sure, in 2020 and 2019, he didn't play many games, but he batted over 300. Guy's got everything that you need. He's got a great young lineup, too, alongside him and Vladdy. I mean, that Toronto Blue Jays team is scary for years to come. He's also got Dante Bichette as his father. This guy is a very good player. I'm really expecting him to have a breakout season, even though I feel like he's already kind of broken out. 159 games in the last two seasons, so he's going to be a very reliable option. I just think a lot of people are kind of disrespecting him. I think, I mean, obviously people are going to give him his respect, but he's only 25 years old, and this is another guy that you can keep in your dynasty league for a period of time. So I really do think Boba Chef, the number two spot, he can honestly venture up to the number one spot eventually. I mean, not necessarily with the guy having number one, but just his stats alone and, um, and basically the career that he's going to have moving forward. And then your number one overall shortstop. Number one, I believe we both have him, is Trey Turner. Last year, he hit 298, 343 on base. He does strike out. He did a decent amount with 131 with 45 walks, but 27 stolen bases, only caught, got caught three times, 100 RBIs, 21 home runs, four triples, 39 doubles, and 101 runs. I feel like he's going to have to carry the workload 
a little bit more. So I feel like he's gonna have to he's gonna steal a couple more bags early on earlier on in the season because he's gonna have to try to create more runs runs with Bryce Harper out of the lineup. He's also gonna have to kind of I don't know if I would say sell out, but he's gonna try to hit the ball for for home runs, try to get that early lead, especially knowing that they're gonna have some guys behind him. But he's also going to a more well-rounded lineup, I feel like, with having all those power bats behind him compared to average bats. He's going to have to use his legs a little bit more to score runs. Uh, So I feel like his counting numbers are going to be down in the sense of RBIs and runs, but I feel like his stolen bases and home runs may be up just because that's stuff he's able to control a little bit more early in the season. Yeah, Trey Turner is the number one shortstop. I think every fantasy person knows that Trey Turner is the best shortstop. He does it all. He's a very versatile player. What I mean by that, he's going to give you the home runs, the average, the RBI, stolen bases, everything you need, he's going to do it and more. I think you brought up a good point, too. This year, I'm expecting his numbers to be even better because, sure, um, have a good lineup. But, I mean, the Dodgers lineup is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, absolutely insane how they did a one-world series from their lineup alone. mentioned Bryce Harper out, too. Um, that's going to be a big impact for him. Hey, at top of the lineup, he didn't have base, so I picked a couple bags, like you mentioned. So all in all, the stats last year and throughout his career have been really solid, but I think they're going to be that much better, especially in Philadelphia early on in the season. So this is going to be a guy that you want to target as soon as possible. Do you have a breakout player or do you not? I do. Uh, my breakout player to look out for is Ezekiel Tovar. He made his MLB de- debut last year for the Rockies. Last year, he he didn't have the greatest numbers. He hit 212 with a 257 on base. Nine strikeouts to two walks, only one home run, two RBIs, one double, and two runs. But that was only in nine games. But in the minor leagues, he was the I probably one of their best hitters. Uh, in 2022, he was in double and triple A, only played 71 games, but hit 319 with a 387 on base, 17 Stolen bases, 14 home runs, three triples, 15 doubles. If you're in a deep league or you kind of just are running out of shortstop options because of guys picking them up because you have shortstop and middle infield as a draftable position, Zuko Tobar may be a good little quiet power bat. He's not going. He may not provide you with the average, but he's going to give you runs. He's going to hit towards the top and a lot of extra base hits. And that is going to do it for our shortstop preview here, the positional breakdown. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. As always, do appreciate you guys listening to another episode. Continue to look out on The Truth for 30 teams in 30 days. And also, we got a couple more position breakdowns that we're going to go ahead and cover. Otherwise, as always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Huston, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.